This is the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. Thank you for joining us. We are in the home stretch for the 2023 hurricane season, and fortunately, there have not been many threats for the northern Gulf Coast. On this episode, we will look back on the hurricane season to examine what factors influenced the season and take a look at the forecast for the winter months. Lauren Nash, Warning Coordination Meteorologist with the National Weather Service New Orleans Baton Rouge will join us with information on those topics. We want to remind everyone you can find a wealth of information on personal preparedness at getagameplan.org. Even as we transition out of hurricane season, other severe weather threats like flooding can happen any day of the year. You can find information to finalize your plans on our site, including a checklist for your emergency supplies. That's getagameplan.org. Also, due to extended drought conditions across the entire Mississippi River Basin, the water levels on the Mississippi River are extremely low, allowing salt water from the Gulf of Mexico to come upstream. This phenomenon, known as saltwater intrusion, can affect local water supplies because many public drinking water systems in South Louisiana rely on fresh water from the Mississippi River. GOSEP, along with regional, state, and federal partners, has been actively monitoring the situation and working to provide regular updates to the general public and healthcare providers about impacts to water systems and necessary precautions. Go to emergency.la.gov for updates on this situation. That's emergency.la.gov. Now on to our weather discussion. Joining us by phone is Lauren Nash with the National Weather Service. Thanks for joining us. Hey, of course. Thank you so much for having me. So from a Louisiana standpoint, knock on wood, we've we've had a pretty much slow hurricane season. Uh, but overall, was the activity about what was expected? Yeah, for sure. We've um, you know pretty much lucked out this season. I think it would be hard in the next two weeks to really get anything to say otherwise, but, you know, crazier things have happened. But yeah, actually, I'm looking at the NOAA hurricane season outlook that NOAA issued August 10th. And I'm going to throw a few numbers out here. So let's see if it goes well. But we had forecasted 14 to 21 named storms this year. And as of today, we've had 19. And the average is 14. So right there, we're seeing we're right in that range of forecast. We're above normal. And then once you get down to hurricanes, we forecasted 6 to 11. And we've had seven. Seven is normal. And same thing with major hurricanes. We forecasted two to five. We've had three and three is normal. So very much in that range of the forecast that we had earlier this year and near to above normal. And I think that really shows how we should never use these outlooks to predict for a specific state. Because we're over here thinking it was an easy hurricane season, a quiet hurricane season, when in all reality, it was an above normal season. That's interesting information because we talk about this a lot of times when it comes to a storm that impacts Louisiana. But whether or not you have a specific threat for your region really it kind of shapes the way some people think about the hurricane season. Is that right? Yeah, it really does. Um, I mean, we, again, think it was below normal, but we didn't have anything. Now, imagine if we had only two storms this year and both hit Louisiana. 
that would be a very, very, very below normal season, a very, very, very quiet season. But to Louisiana, it was a bad season. Um, and so it, it's hard for us to think about what happens out in the Atlantic or near Iceland or down near Guatemala as part of the hurricane season. But that's what these outlooks are. They are the entire season outlook and the entire basin. So it's nearly impossible. It, I would say it is impossible right now to say what's going to happen to Louisiana at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It kind of goes back to what you guys always say, you know, it only takes one. So yep. uh, that's part of the reason why we encourage, you know, so much preparedness and, and year round here in Louisiana. So mm-hmm. that's good information. So as far as factors that kind of, uh, limited the threats kind of in that northern Gulf of Mexico area? Are are there factors you guys can look at yet and kind of analyze to see, you know, what may have caused, you know, a a lack of storms in this area? I think it would be really hard to determine that. uh, In in terms of the season as a whole, we heard a lot about El Nino. I'm sure a lot of people listening were thinking El Nino is going to save us. And look, El Nino did save us. Um, but El Nino only accounts for about 30% of the variability in a hurricane season. And we also had extremely warm sea surface temperatures this year, which ultimately won out and brought us to a normal or above normal season. So why we didn't get any of the Gulf, it, I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, could it have been some of the El Nino weakening some of the storms as it got closer? We had that really strong high pressure system that brought that pretty extreme heat um, through August, which did move some of the storms a little farther east and away from the Gulf. And otherwise, it really just depends on the weekly weather pattern on whether or not one of these storms is going to make it into the Gulf or not. So not really hard to, kind of hard to say if it's a climate situation or more just how the pattern itself worked out this year. Gotcha. And again, that was really unique to see what we faced in Louisiana you know, starting this summer with the drought and with the uh, with the extreme heat and and the uh, wildfires that we were facing here in Louisiana, mm-hmm. are we starting to see that pattern kind of break up? I know you know as we're recording this, we've had you know a few days of rain in kind of mid November, but are we starting to see that kind of break up and and going back to more of a normal pattern now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and whenever we start to get to the October November range, we do start to see just in general more cold fronts. Um, we're starting to see, you know, difference in temperature a little bit more, not really those really strong high pressures that we saw all over the summer. And with El Nino, um, we typically do receive a warmer and wetter winter. So I think we're starting to see that pattern a little bit more over the last week or so. And, you know, as you said, it's a pretty cool and wet couple days we've been having. When you take a look at the winter forecast, I know one of the things that was kind of an eye opener for us over the last few years is seeing kind of the the tornadic activity and some of the other things that we faced in in recent years. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Is that something people should expect in certain ways or, you know, or is that just kind of a abnormal pattern right now? Yeah, I would say it's kind of like hurricane season, right? You know, we could have some seasons that have storms and some seasons that don't. Um, In general, we do get storm, you know, get tornadoes, November, December, January, and some of them end up being stronger because we have such strong cold fronts with, you know, the, the cooler temperatures up north, the warmer temperatures down here in the Gulf and the south. Um, and and it, it's not necessarily abnormal overall. I think we're starting to notice it more, a little bit more. 
And it's kind of hard to say, again, if that's a climate pattern or a new pattern, an old pattern. But it's important to remember we do get severe weather in December. And if anybody's thinking that we won't get any tornadoes to April, you know, it's time to start getting out of that thought process and being aware of the weather, you know, every day, every week, and knowing if there's a severe threat coming in for your area. And, you know, we're we're starting to get into that. We're starting to see some potential severe weather um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And one of the things is, that's so important is staying kind of locked in on what you guys are saying, what your local meteorologists are saying, you know, staying informed is such a key to everything when it comes to preparedness. Of course, we have the four National Weather Service offices uh, here in Louisiana, National Weather Service Jackson that covers, you know, the Arklamis. We have Shreveport, Lake Charles, and of course, you guys in in New Orleans and, and Baton Rouge. So pay attention to what's out there. And if you're looking for information, all four of those offices do a great job of updating, you know, social media accounts. And, and when you read that information and take into account what your local uh, local meteorologists and local weather experts may be saying, you know, it's, it's, it's a good way to stay informed. Uh, anything as far as social media strategy or anything you want to kind of push to let people know, you know, what's out there? Yeah, what you said, I think, is great. We always stress the idea of following someone who's basically a legit source of weather information. Um, us, ghosts, you know, the state, if you got, you know, um, your websites, the local TV meteorologist, and not to follow these, you know, kind of random Facebook pages or random Twitter accounts who are posting model information. And on the comments, there's one person saying, you got it right this one time six years ago. Just really pay attention to those legitimate sources of weather information, us, your local media, and then we should be able to get all that information out to you all. Anything kind of going forward uh, as we go into 2024 that that you guys want to talk about? Any new, uh, you know, modeling or any type of new resources out there that, that maybe the public should look for? I would say the biggest change we're looking at, and it's going to be a slow change. I'm not saying this is a big change. We're really trying to make an effort to add more probability information to our graphics. And that's including graphics that go out on Facebook and Twitter and social media. So the public may be seeing some different graphics. You know, for example, we may say, okay, it's going to rain two to four inches, but maybe you have a 30% chance of getting over four inches. So that's going to be new. And we hope that the public can use that to make better decisions and provide us some feedback on those graphics as well. Is that something they like, they understand, they need? So start looking for that. It really just adds a little bit more uncertainty information or even decision-making information into our products. Are there any challenges here in Louisiana because of our, our coastal environment and because of some of the factors in play that kind of make you know that prediction process a little more challenging than than other areas? You know, I've had this question before. I have um, lived in six states now and forecasted in four, and I have determined that it's all hard. <laughs> it's it's hard no matter where you are. <laughs> right, right. There is there's an issue. There is you know we have the coast down here, for example. In another area, it might be terrain. Um, in another area, it might be it's you know super flat or they get stronger cold fronts. So. By all means, the terrain, I mean, the uh, the marine area here can be challenging when it comes to especially severe weather focused uh, forecasting. But 
I can promise you it's a challenge in almost every part of the country. All right. Well, we appreciate your time today. That was some great information. And uh, again, uh, Lauren's with the National Weather Service, New Orleans, Baton Rouge. Check out their Twitter accounts. You know, there's a wealth of information out there and a lot of ways for you to stay informed uh, when it comes to weather threats. I know we're looking at some things, you know, within the next few days here in Louisiana that we're going to keep an eye on. Uh, but Lauren, thank you very much. And we appreciate your time today. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We also want to thank producer Troy Perez and the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, for use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at DonateLifeLA.org. They also have a great podcast titled The Gifted Life Podcast. You can find out more on most of the topics we talked about today by following GOSEP on Facebook and Twitter. Remember, get a game plan. On behalf of the staff at GOSEP, thanks for joining us. We'll have a new episode available next month. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life Podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.